0: Hello and good morning. It's Thursday, January 27th. Justin Peck's Partita will premiere this evening. I'm going to the ballet. Um the costumes are done. And well, you know, they're the done or near near done. Anyways, I am just saying hello to introduce the episode you're about to listen to, which is in fact episode one of Dance and Stuff Book Club with Russell Jansen. We recorded the episode yesterday, and then in listening to some of it, I wanted to be sure to uh, release a little warning before the episode in case any of our listeners have particular sensitivities towards conversations of sexual abuse, rape, etc. Um th- the book Feelings or Facts um explores ideas of sexual abuse or recounts experiences of sexual abuse in a very frank way and we do discuss those. So if you have um difficulty with this sort of subject matter don't listen to this episode and that's okay and I will see you next week um I hope you're enjoying your lives the weekend is close I hope you are staying warm inside or outside wherever you may be um and enjoy the episode ready yeah
1: Yeah. oh singing yeah
0: what's going on with dance and stuff what's happening with dance and things what's going on what's happening what's going on with dance and stuff yay <clears throat> well, the time has finally come. <laughs> After ten to twelve weeks of <laughs> teasing feelings or facts, we're finally here to accept that feelings are in fact facts. Um, hi. Say
1: hi. Hi. Who's here? Russell. It's Russell.
0: It's Russell Jansen. And um, before we dive in, to let's just say the first half
1: of okay. Are you mad at me? No, no, I just... I mean, I am I guess I'm just going to work through looking at where I've underlined. I don't know. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. We're just going to go from the beginning and work through our highlighted underlined areas.
1: <laughs> we don't have a structure. Riveting. Stop.
0: I think it's going to be incredible. <laughs> this is the uh, first um, Dance and Stuff book club um, episode, which is monumental. Episode 241.
1: <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy.
0: Um, how was your day?
1: Uh, my day was fine. I... Went to, I saw Joy briefly. I had to pick up something from her house. Your aunt. My aunt, yeah. And then I went to physical therapy to have lots of different electro things hooked up to my leg. My right, flew
0: with Cameron. With
1: Cameron, yeah. Cameron
0: Kruger, who's no longer Cameron Gomez.
1: Cameron Gomez. Cameron, Go-
0: Cameron Kruger is someone I went to boy choir school with. Cameron Gomez is someone I went to high school with who does not remember me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and who's a great physical therapist.
0: Just really, I'll never get over it he's like four years older than you is that right three no less he was a sophomore when i was a freshman but he only that was his last year or he was a junior when i was a freshman but he left Mm. before before he finished because he went to harrod i think that seems right Mm -hmm. and look how all the things i know about cameron he does not remember me
1: (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) i still can't believe it i mean think of the things you don't remember that's true that's true
0: look but i was so memorable as a little 13 year old anyways what else did you do
1: um and then that took a while actually to get lasered well because i got a little bit of work done on my leg and then i got Then I have to do ultrasound to prep my knee before doing the iontophoresis and the stem.
0: What's iontophoresis?
1: It's something where you, it's like some, there's some electrical current that sends like some sort of steroid medication into, like directly into your tendon.
0: Like actual med, like is, do they squooch the medicine It's like a medicated
1: pad that Uh then has an elect, like that has a wire hooked up to it. Oh, amazing. Yeah.
0: We're making something shake. It's ruler's
1: um yeah so i've been doing that and then and then also stem on my quad like vmo and then i do laser at the end do you
0: want to tell why you're doing all
1: this i have a partial tear in my tendon that the mri showed was healing that's great and yes. i have tendinitis tendinosis so those the same things i have something going on Some is
0: something tendon ish yeah
1: going that's on and because my and my knee hurts a lot so a lot well, it's feeling better. The last two days, it's been feeling better, which is exciting because right. I've definitely been dancing more.
0: And if we use the um, opioid pain chart, where are you? Are you a, what, between oh. one and ten? Between unhappy,
1: one and ten. One
0: unhappy face, smiling face.
1: Um. When I'm when I bend my knee, it's never is a one, but it's not. It, I, is
0: one good or bad? Oh, I don't know. I was saying it's, it's really bad.
1: I was saying really. Good. I okay. Well, it's never a one or a ten
0: okay somewhere in between
1: yeah um
0: can you house landing on it it hurts no.
1: yeah it hurts taking off and landing and well and it also feels weak which is more what i'm worried so about. so
0: even just standing
1: yeah it's starting to get better but like doing you know like Mozartiana I've been doing for a while and that is almost better because it's quick I don't have to like right. I don't go into you don't a PA. at all <laughs> <laughs> in well keeping they, with
0: the New York City balance
1: yeah right ways I just lift up my heels exactly I don't even my yeah heels. um and I so there it's like at the end of some of the variations when I get tired when i should really be using my plie more i'm like not it's it that is kind of fucking me up messing me up
0: oh wow sorry i guess i'm gonna have to click on explicit for this (laughs) episode um i i always laugh i always laugh thinking about the story of francis chung who she told me after she took company class once at the new york city ballet i was like oh how was it she was like it was bizarre i was like oh why she was like i she said i saw a court of ballet young man do a double tour from Demi Point to Demi Point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think that. I can't imagine that. I'm sure she's right. Yeah. I'm sure I'm just used to it. Um. But yeah, so it's, uh, and then like the Swan Lake variation feels like a, like I'm, Um, it'll be different. Like usually I like try and jump high and I'm not going to be able to do that. Which now I'm disappointed in
0: about. in Swan Lake, which you're doing. Yeah. Is it the? Do they just bring the black swan variation into the? No, white swan? it's the
1: white swan variation. What is
0: the white swan variation?
1: Dun, da, 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 da. Oh yeah. Wait, that's
0: in in normal Swan Lakes. That's like um, music for the tall swans.
1: Um. Sure. They also have that. Like I kind of similar. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. You I do guess it, it's it the again. Same. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the vamp at the beginning.
0: Uh huh. And then.
1: Da, 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 da. That. No, I can't remember. And at the
0: end, it's like da bump bump da bump bump da. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then what's your? What do you finish with a double tour of the knee or something? Well, usually you finish with a double soda bask, but I can't do that with my knee right now. So we're gonna do it. I'm doing a double tour to the knee. No, no, I'm doing like step up to double tour.
0: Okay, because then you just push off two legs, which is easier um oh my gosh i wish you would just turn it into like no tricks no oh that would be heaven
1: well it's definitely gonna be much more like what well, which hopefully will feel be- no one cares they're just there to see the swan i no could literally cares. do anything truly no one cares really no one cares um i
0: care thanks yeah i love being startled that you can you're so capable every time
1: Can't uh, well it. the hopefully anyway they, there's the double tourist from like the corner double to tourist. no, no well, i'm just doing the fourth Oh, to a but lunge? like sometimes they really work sometimes they really don't. So I'm hoping they Honestly, they you do really it where work. your weight's really forward. So you That's feel what like happens. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. I don't want that to happen.
0: Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Again,
1: no one will care.
0: No, I'm sure your which is which is your bad knee?
1: The left one, the one that I that's land on. That's what's by. going on probably. No, it's all they, it always happens.
0: Always oh, so yeah. even when you're in great health.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Um Anyway, that
1: was, so, but I, so I went in, I, and then after PT, I just went in and worked out and gave myself a class backstage because I didn't have any rehearsals. Know, that's
0: when I arrived and I saw you.
1: Yeah. Backstage at the new Partita. With pale shoes over dark
0: socks and giving yourself bar in the dark. Yep. But sweating, nonetheless. Yeah. It's hard to make my, I haven't, I can't recall the last time I did a kind of exercise, intentional exercise, sweat. Remember I went to the gym this past Sunday and I got on the, did I tell you this? Oh, this is tale as old as, this is an incredible story.
1: Tale as old as time, even though it only happened last yeah. weekend.
0: I, I was home during the day doing emails, feeling somewhat productive, starting to weirdly get motivated. I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my now gym. I have a gym now. Do you know that? No. Yeah. I'm paying $50 a month to go to the Manning Cantor Center, which is part of the Henry Street settlement. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I've had a membership there for free in the past, but I right. can't have that anymore. So I'm paying $50. And I, a few weeks ago, I went in and I got the membership, and then I thought, I'm going to be there all the time, but I I haven't been, so. Right. I went in on Sunday, and I was like, it was at this point, like, two something, I was leaving my house. I get to the gym, everything's great. I'm like, wow, it's a beautiful day. I'm looking out the windows, I get on the rowing machine, and I'm, I just like, I'm like, I'm going to do this as long as I can. I'm going to listen to a podcast and see if I can just zone out. Mm -hmm. And I got to seven minutes, and then there was an announcement. The gym will be closing in five minutes. Oh. And so I had to get off the rowing machine and leave. So I rode for seven minutes. But I got to the gym. <laughs> that's
1: good. It pretty good, right? Yeah, That's the first step, right? And it
0: felt like I was enjoying my time. So now good. I realize, like, I can do this again. Oh, good. Okay. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate the support.
1: Yeah, good for you.
0: So um, why am I telling you about that?
1: As i said because i sweat a little bit
0: i was sweating right i can't recall if i i don't think i really broke a sweat on the probably ride. not after seven mm-hmm. minutes no um and then i i was there dealing dealing with partita costumes mm-hmm. i met bradley cooper <laughs> who was some for some reason in the audience i mean he was talking with justin for some reason i don't I don't have the details on that yet, but I told him I knew who he was, and I told him I know a producer who's a friend of his. And then Harry and I worked a little bit, and then you met us, and then we got on the train, and here we are. We ate some wet
1: cake. Yeah, really moist honey cake.
0: Yum, yum, yum. So that was my day, and that was your day.
1: And now we'll talk about Yvonne Rainer's days.
0: Oh. And her days that started really a long time ago.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say on the train before... You said we should save it <laughs> for when we're recording. I, um, I don't really like reading about people's childhoods. Why? I don't know, which is weird, because I like talking about mine a lot, and I like hearing about <laughs> friends' childhoods. You,
0: well, you had a great childhood.
1: But I like hearing about friends' childhoods, too. Uh-huh. Like, I like, you know, like, I like hearing your, like, boy choir school stories. I like, I like asking Patrick about, like, his childhood stuff. But well, you
0: don't want to read about childhood.
1: I don't know it's I think it's like I think I have a hard time maybe it's because it's not I'm um, maybe it's the like the causality idea like this is my childhood to help you understand right which I don't love not that I disagree with it but I that's not I don't find that compelling always I guess
0: (laughs) I mean there's there's the wow her childhood was yeah challenging okay we're starting
1: okay here we go
0: here we go so mine says, feelings or facts, XO Pam 2017.
1: Oh. Yeah. I bought mine because one of my writing teachers, when I told her about some of the dance writing I was doing, told me she to buy this yeah. because she's friends. She And she's mentioned in the opening. Oh, Lynn wow. Tillman. Oh, amazing. Amazing writer.
0: So Pam gave this to me for my birthday 2017 when I was turning 37. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> um, oh, well. Oh, well.
1: The first thing that I liked... And it was in like an introduction. Wait, wait, wait. Oh.
0: I just want to say in acknowledgments, I was immediately struck by that her brother's name is Ivan.
1: I know. I didn't notice that Ivan and Yvonne.
0: It's crazy. Anyways, and going if she,
1: on. if probably if they were in a different, no, that's not true.
0: Okay. Also, I I've done a lot of highlighting of words I've never seen before. Oh. So fine. I'm gonna um I'll ask you if you know them, and if you don't, <laughs> then we can ask Siri. Okay. Oh,
1: is that how we're starting? Okay
0: no no i'm going page by page what what is
1: gadflies can you read the sentence
0: yeah this will be like the scripts howard spelling bee can you give it to me in a sentence (laughs) it was lynn and sue frederick who played loving gadflies when i balked at writing about my life past 1972
1: my guess would be, like, an irritant. Like, they were, like, pushing her to... They were kind of, like, nagging oh, her. Oh, that's smart. That hey, would, that would hey be my guess. Siri. Hey, Siri. <laughs> flies, no, <laughs>
0: no. Hey, Siri. What is a gadfly? Botflies, also known as orbal flies. Not a botfly. Hey, Siri. What's the definition of gadfly? Gadfly means... A fly that bites livestock, especially a horsefly, warble fly, or botfly. Yeah, you're right. It's like a nag. Yeah, like something that's like bothering nag, you. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, great. What is prolixity?
1: I have no clue, but read it in a sentence so I can guess. Okay.
0: <laughs> Martha, thanking Martha Gever for maintaining the impeccable standards that kept me from indulgence and prolixity during the writing of this memoir. I have no clue. Hey, Siri. <laughs> this, I should have been doing this. What is prolixity? Verbosity or verboseness is speech or no. writing. <laughs> Siri Why does
1: anyone use voice recognition? It works sometimes. I have literally never been with someone who uses voice recognition and it works the first time. Never. Oh,
0: well, look, when I'm home, I do it all the time.
1: We're just not going to find out what prolixity means.
0: Hey, Siri. What is the definition of prolixity?
1: means
0: of speech or writing, using or containing too many words.
1: Oh. Tediously lengthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I will say just like in general, it's fascinating to... that there's journal entries in this book because you see her style of writing shift so like yep. drastically over time.
1: But I wonder if the part of that is... Like part of that is her style of writing shifting, and part of it is like the intent of why she's writing. Totally. Like there, like I find like the the prose that kind of holds it all together is like very concise and like to the point. Mm-hmm. Whereas journaling is all about like feelings, feelings, and getting out which your facts, facts, facts. You know, and like getting out, being indulgent a little bit. And her journal entries are indulgent. But oh, wow. But like the, the letter, early
0: ones, my goodness.
1: Yeah, I know the early ones. I was like gosh i was writing like i'm sad so and so doesn't like, like me so
0: unnecessarily sort of like an assertion of intellectualism which it's
1: bizarre like i yeah i wonder like even before she was like creating things i got the sense that she was like trying to figure out how to be an important person right, in her writing right. which i thought was interesting there's
0: a seriousness about all yeah of it.
1: Okay. The first thing that I have is a little heart next to. <laughs> if you're interested in Plato, you're reading the wrong book. If you're interested in difficult childhood, sexual misadventures, misadvent- aesthetics, cultural history, and the reasons that a club sandwich and other meals, including breakfast, have remained in the memory of the present writer, keep reading. I think I just like the the last part.
0: Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm like, I agree. That's the only kind of book I want to read.
1: And I liked on the next page, I like that she says things like, it was the first time is I saw someone like... One? Oh, yeah, sorry. It, on page he, one. Oh, right. I liked that in that first paragraph, she like... Oh,
0: look. I hmm. highlighted that whole passage that you just read. We're on um, the same page. We're on the same page.
1: Literally. Um, She wrote something about how it was the first time she'd seen someone like fold a napkin and put it between the cup and saucer to absorb spilled coffee. And I thought that... I like details about. Yeah, nice.
0: me too. That's beautiful. It's nice. Um okay, we're moving forward. Okay, here I have something from a diary entry in 1952, which would I guess be in her teens. What year is she born 1930? I think she's like my grandparents age. She's born in the 30s. I just can't remember which 30. So she's a teen in this in this likely, likely a teen or just 20. And um <clears throat> so a lot of these things I'm going to I'm going to talk about that are highlighted, I have no idea.
1: Right, because I haven't
0: looked back. But it says, While I, who aspire to supreme knowledge, find myself growing puny and insignificant as my increasing awareness of internal putrescence, far from leading to greater clarification, understanding, and acceptance, draws the walls of fear and hate closer about me. I am suffocating. I pity and hate myself. I don't know why I highlighted that. It's (laughs) very dark. I, um...
1: Oh, I. this is kind of like a general thing, Mm -hmm. but I there's a I've found this I mean I guess I just don't read a lot of non-fiction and I don't know a lot of things but there I've been reading books recently where authors like take certain understanding of things for granted and sometimes I am embarrassed to say I need like like with all the stuff about anarchism like I needed a bit more of an explanation about what, what is that yeah like I mean, about Wikipedia moment yeah yeah but I yeah, mean yeah. I needed like what does that mean that her parents grew up in this anarchist right. community there's like a It was like, oh, and my parents were anarchists of this sort.
0: Anti-establishment. Right.
1: Like, I got that. And, like, I, you know, I know generally what anarchism means. Oh, all you need is general.
0: You don't need.
1: But I feel like, you know, like, I feel like it would have been helpful to know. I should have looked it up. Mm -hmm. But helpful to know, like, what that meant. Like, what what those meetings were like. Or, like, what kind of. I think I didn't really understand. I wish
0: Yvonne was here to help. Yeah, right. Well, I could have called. I mean, I don't have her number, but I yeah. could have, called, I him, could have right? called Emily Coates, who would have then said, like, she doesn't want to be on a podcast. <laughs> um, I want it to be alive, but it is dull. The style is difficult to follow. What is she talking about here? <laughs> talking about reading at
1: school, college. I agree. Oh, I feel <laughs> Yeah, you really <laughs> I am. Um... Yeah, it's hard reading about her and her brother being like kind of shuffled around yeah
0: it was shocking I didn't ever I didn't know that parents could do such a thing
1: actually yeah well I think that's like part of what the what happens in the foster care system too like there's like temporary you know someone will be housed temporarily with a different family before being able to return to their parents or, or something I just
0: had not heard of like the The reasons for which these people gave up their children seem so shallow hmm. it was it wasn't like poverty it wasn't um crime it was basically like um exhaustion right the mother was just like i'm too i can't deal with it right i'm giving up these literally not babies like yeah formed children who already have like Real attachments to their parents.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a, okay. I mean, I guess we're lucky to not know anything about that sort of thing, but I've, but I was like surprised that there is like infrastructure in place where someone could send their kids and then still see them every once in a while. Right. And, and maintain a, a certain kind of relationship. And the
0: fact that even in writing this book in 2004, whenever, I think right. that's when she wrote it, she writes, The biggest mystery of Ivan's in my lives, biggest mystery has always been why mama gave us away and how daddy could let her do it. That is unbelievable to like still be processing that. Yeah. So many years after.
1: Did you, I, um, I'm, I wrote something in on page 36. We have the same page numbers Mm -hmm. that I, um, I guess she's talking about the ways that she was punished as a kid Mm -hmm. or like what happened when she did something bad. Oh, at, at, this, at this home where she was living. And then I said, this would be a way to ask, read about boy choir school. Did you have rules or punishments? Oh, yeah. Like, we, what hap- like, what was a rule? Like, did you break a rule and then get punished for it once? Or did you never break yeah. the rule?
0: No, I rarely broke rules. But um, if you, I, you know, I like talking. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of, like, you can't talk at this point, you can't talk at this point. So after the lights went out at nine is this a... am i you want me to answer this oh yeah oh wow okay i mean it's not about yvonne sorry everybody this is my own book called um i mean <laughs> <laughs> my life is pointless <laughs> um i so after nine fifteen, they turn out the lights and you can't talk you just have to like be in bed and fall asleep or like stare at the you know person's
1: bunk bed above right you, you know like at any age
0: at any age unless you were assigned the job of being um prefect which there was four eighth graders who would get to do that in their eighth grade year they would they were in a separate structure called the cottage where they'd live with the fifth graders and those eighth graders took on some sort of leadership responsibilities like telling the fifth graders to hurry up in the showers or go to bed and then which meant that we were allowed to stay i was a prefect even if you can imagine it i can really
1: yeah
0: i was not um given roles of leadership at the school like because there were head boys who right. were uh, no that i was never considered for such things but i was allowed to be in the cottage
1: which right. was great i yeah. loved that
0: and so i was also with a group of, of three other boys who i really liked and we would um we get to stay up late sure right later
1: um
0: but yeah so anyway sometimes when i was young at boy choir school i would I would be talking after lights out and mm. then the and then you get in right the person who's monitoring the hallways would bring you out in the hall and you have to do something called, this is like unusual and not all of them did this, but you have to wall sit where you basically oh. sit with your back against the wall until your legs are exhausted. Huh? Yeah. It seems archaic, but that is what that was.
1: Was that a deterrent?
0: Yeah. I look, I didn't want to be having painful thighs in the dark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's my job. That's your job. I just have painful, thighs painful in the thighs dark in the dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's literally that's what it. I got paid for. That is the description of your job. <laughs> if you
0: had to put it on LinkedIn, my job is uh, painful thighs in the dark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I another thing that I noticed that I've been noticing is like I've really appreciated the way that Yvonne Rayner like writes about her perceptions of the world particularly around like race and sexuality and like says this is how i felt then, and this is why and this is not this is why not like excusing it not being like this is why i felt it but saying like and this ties to without saying it explicitly she says and this ties to an understanding that i now have of systemic and racial inequity or whatever
0: you know Mm. i it is it's refreshing that yvonne doesn't Keep anything, you know. Well, I'm sure that she kept some things, but it feels like she's acknowledging the way she felt in the past in a way that's unapologetic but explains why, right? But also,
1: and also, like, you know, not apologetic but also saying this is why it wasn't good, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, not good.
1: Yeah, the one time that she didn't do that is when she talked about driving by a Japanese internment camp Uh and like kind of like saying, I saw. These kids in this camp as being like myself, exiled and excluded. Is what she says, and it's a, and I, I was a little bit like not exactly, yeah, yeah, not quite. Here not on, quite, on not page thirty
0: nine, I have something highlighted. Something about I think she must have been in gymnastics or something as a child. She says, "As I lie on my stomach, one of the teachers struggles with my recalcitrant body by pulling my shoulders back and grabbing my ankles in a vain attempt to introduce them to the back of my straining head. It's hopeless. Once." In this undignified position, I fart. <laughs> There's a couple. She's amazing talked about farting a couple times. Of times. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to the best fart moment. The later.
1: one that's like immortalized in a piece of art. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That really got me. Okay, wait. Here we go. We're going. On. I don't
1: have much highlighted during childhood. Sorry, Yvonne's childhood.
0: Um. Well, you don't like childhood. Yeah, I guess not. You don't care for that. Oh, some of these are in pink. Oh, these are the words that I, again, didn't know what they
1: are. Okay, let's not use Siri, though, anymore. No, no. What's
0: censoriousness?
1: I think it's, like, censorship. Oh, that censorship.
0: makes sense. Gustatory?
1: Gustatory?
0: Yeah. Former food I think it has fanaticism, fanaticism to food. are many gustatory pleasures.
1: Yeah, it's related to taste. Like, I mean, I'm making this up, but, like, goot in French? Isn't that taste? Gout? G-O-U-T-E. I'm oh, sure I'm saying it wrong. goo. Maybe. <laughs> oh, goo. Oh, yeah, goo. Goo.
0: Boosh's mouth. I don't know. I don't know. A less secretive pleasure is the slice of buttered toast that Daddy dunks in his bowl of sweet milky coffee.
1: I love when people describe
0: foods from the olden days.
1: I mean, I've literally heard you talk about buttered toast from your childhood. What? Well, no. <laughs>
0: That yes, true. you
1: told me about you told me about how you used to go to that shape panisse and have like buttered bread.
0: That's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true.
0: But listen, it's not that it's this. OK, it goes on. OK, I'm realizing why I highlighted this because she goes, her dad would do the thing where he'd butter the toast. He would dunk it in his bowl of sweet, milky coffee after carefully turning it until all sides are properly but not overly saturated. He hands it quickly across the table to my waiting hands. And oh, mouth. yeah, that's nice soap coffee soaked bread and butter that's just kind of yum yeah right? it sounds great that'd be great
1: yeah
0: i'm gonna try that yeah <laughs> it sounds like french toast but just make it super wet and coffee <laughs> um so she has a this is why she has her passion for dipping bread and wine and soup i mean who doesn't like that um okay why is this highlighted
1: i've never dipped bread and wine but i should try it would you i mean i'm, I'm going to if i remember next time
0: <laughs> it's basically like dipping it in like vinegary oil you know yeah.
1: like when you do that yeah sort of hmm. um i think i also think it's interesting to me some of the things that she like talks about about herself when she's younger suggests like such a shift in interest and like character and like affect and how she presents herself. that I'm surprised that there isn't more about that, but maybe I'm kind of like misreading between
0: when and when, you well, mean.
1: I guess like, I guess like her as like a young, as like a teenager, like young adult, maybe she's just like, you know, she talks more about dress in terms of like styles of the day or like wearing lipstick mm-hmm. or looking mm-hmm. a certain way that seems to, she's not interested in talking about that anymore by the time you get to like right. Judson and post.
0: Right, right, right. Well, I think sort of, she was in a universe of art makers and art making where those were not the priorities. Like, right. I, I
1: guess I'm kind of wanted to know about like. Maybe she didn't even think about it, like leaving. Those prior, like you know, those shifting right. priorities. Right. It
0: just like she shifted with time. Yeah. With her feelings. Yeah,
1: which is great. To, <laughs> which are facts. <laughs> which are facts. Which is great. It's it's like really I really like it's a yeah everyone should read this. It's remarkable.
0: Oh, truly. Here's an interesting nugget about, um, rations and really the old, I mean, to imagine that Yvonne is still alive and like having her work presented and then to think that she lived, you know, before the second war in like the depression. And she talks about something called NUKOA, which was a disgusting tasteless white stuff that comes in a sealed transparent packet with a capsule of red dye in the center that you knead into a glutinous mass until it reaches a credible approximation of the color of butter. So, some like weird product that like you would take in place of butter because it's just like you couldn't get butter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, that's not <laughs> our America. No. Wow, different times. Different times. I'm glad that we're prioritizing different things now reading <laughs> this book. Mine is just <laughs> <you> know, things.
1: <laughs> I think we maybe talked about this, but not. I don't remember. Anyway, but I think I really like. Oh, no, I was telling someone else about this who hadn't read it but i I really love the like sometimes reading multiple ways that she tells a story mm. like she'll she'll say this happened, and then you'll read about how she interpreted it, and then you'll read about like you'll read the film the narration from the film that she made that like used that anecdote but shifted it so it's right. like as someone who's like you know like trying to figure out how to write about dance and like their life a little bit and like different themes i really appreciated seeing how someone can like use the same material in so many different ways throughout their life and how it doesn't like diminish well it's the material so
0: great that she has all this journaling and documentation via like scripts and film where she can like bring those ideas into this memoir like as she's reflecting on them right it's really nice
1: but she also doesn't like there's no, like, one... I never get the sense that she's, like, saying there. there's one truth. Right. You know, it's, like, about, like, cataloging the ways she experienced these different things rather than setting a record straight or, or sharing something that's the most honest or the most true. It's, like, this is what, you know, this is what I remember happening. This is what I remember feeling at the time. This is what I wrote about at the time. This is what I wrote about 20 years later about it you know here's all the different things which i i think is really makes for a compelling you know book
0: well well, you know i mean she didn't have to approach everything chronologically and by kind of bringing in these excerpts that have occurred in different time through her own writing like you do get this kind of anti-chronology of her of her own process Mm -hmm. does that make sense Say that again. So the book occurs chronologically, right through her life. But throughout, she's bringing in you know diary entries or excerpts from work that she did mm-hmm. that are occurring sort of not chronologically as right. they relate to whatever it is she's talking right. about in the chronology of her life. So yeah. in that way, you're getting like different versions of Yvonne Rainer's thought process. Yeah at different periods of time I feel
1: like interestingly the part that I'm feeling like there's the biggest disconnect like I'm not seeing the not in a bad way necessarily I think it's like more about like what the work that she was doing but when she's talking about oh no it's beyond what we're talking about today hmm. Never mind. I'm so sorry, so sorry oh, we won't, I'll save it we, we won't I'll save be it. talking
0: about that That'll be episode two which will happen next year <laughs> 2023 um let's see what else do we have here
1: I like reading about all her relationships.
0: my goodness. What a lurid sexual memory she has.
1: I mean, in what way?
0: I feel like the way she writes about her sexual experiences points to like having a really fleshed out memory of those experiences. And we're talking 60 years later, some of these Mm. things. You know, that seems... I mean, you know my memory. <laughs> I, I can't remember. <laughs> I remember things, especially from the very first sexual experiences. But like as we move on, it's blur. Uh, right? Am I wrong? Um, I don't know. Oh, do you journal about such things?
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, which I feel like she probably does. That too. probably helps. Yeah, which is probably why she remembers.
0: <laughs> I should. I should have done that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not yeah
0: that's fun are you gonna have a are you gonna publish
1: a definitely a not my i do, do i do not journal but just to do like, it
0: anonymously
1: i do not journal to like in hopes that it'll one day be published
0: i wish i kept a little book a little a sex book yeah this a little just not even with explicit d- or just like one so the, detail
1: like, blowjobs and yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> have the name if i know it right <laughs> <laughs> have the
1: name like blowjobs and kissed yeah exactly yeah and like say so where, where it was <laughs>
0: You know that would be right. nice, that I could like remember. Yeah. Wow, I should try to go back like backwards <laughs> and see if I can do it. That
1: should be next week's episode.
0: Oh my gosh, just me talking my way through it. <laughs> um. Hmm. Okay. All that ever happens.
1: Oh. Oh, um... I'm on that page too.
0: Oh, where she's talking about like Ivan having sexual experience with with this older man. man. Yeah. Yeah, Ivan is. By the way, so, so
1: handsome. So Right? I mean, they're both very, very attractive. Well, they're gorgeous people.
0: Yeah. They have big bones. It's really nice.
1: Um, I, the, what I marked from that is when she's writing about Fritz, this person that her brother had a relationship with.
0: Wait, what is frotage? It's rubbing? Yeah. Rubbing in what way?
1: I think just rubbing. I don't know. Like
0: against another body or like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: I thought it was weird the way that she described how he died. In the mid-1960s, I heard that Fritz's body was found in Golden Gate Park with a skull smashed in, a trashy end.
0: Oh, man. This guy?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Oh, no. I don't even remember who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the, wow, the way in which she journals about Her sex can be so frank it can be startling here's a passage it has happened just as I had anticipated Henry fucked me tonight what matters is not that I fuck so readily with anyone congenial but that tonight especially knowing the painful complications that have resulted from previous experiences with men I allow myself to be in a situation in which there was nothing else to do but fuck (laughs) wow Yvonne, filthy mouth (laughs) um Oh, so yeah, this is where the book turns toward um, kind of a series of what we'll see uh, as rapes. I, I mean, I, I can't really call them anything else, but um, there's just like a, a handful of sexual experiences she has where it's like she, she doesn't want to do it. She feels like she
1: must. But only, yeah, yeah, only sometimes she oh. talks about them as being rape
0: well even when she doesn't talk about it, like the one in um, towards where we finished up where she's gone to Italy did you get to that one
1: yes
0: she's gone to Italy and she's on the plane and she's being flirted with by a group of Italian oh, American yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then she sort of like comes to accept that she's gonna have to have sex with one of them in order for him to help her get, where get she train to tickets yeah. to Spoleto <laughs> I was like what so I mean that's ca- kind of Rape-ish?
1: Yeah, I think that there's, like, a... Well, it makes me, like... It made me... Or it's made me think a little bit more about what, like... You know, the comp... What it meant... How... The ways that it could have been complicated in a different time to be... To feel sexually liberated. Right. Like, I... It seemed like there are different... I don't want to say... I guess, costs. You know, different... (laughs) made for different dynamics different Mm. different um yeah different dynamics i guess
0: here's another so now we're uh, this must be in the 50s she's in san francisco and um she's talking about a performance where um she's talking about a performance where an orchestra played some wc and there was some like lowy fuller type performance going along with it and then she says after the show we sometimes walked further down market street to foster's cafeteria where i'd be allowed to choose a big slab of lime jello with peas embedded in it incredible
1: (laughs) i have an exclamation point next to that too (laughs) clearly we really are like paying attention to the important things in
0: this shocking things are these food anecdotes yeah they're great wow peas peas i'd like to try it i'd be afraid to but i'd like to try it here's another word i don't know about what's a caryatid
1: um what's the sentence
0: um a burlesque house in north beach where half naked female caryatids still supported the proscenium arch
1: I think it's, like, something like a butterfly.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: I totally kind of made that up, but... Well, someone's
0: screaming into their um, living room right now. Or they're <laughs> on the subway being like, You idiots!
1: Yeah. This is actually just revealing how little we know how to talk about anything <laughs> other than <laughs> than film recaps in our childhoods. Uh,
0: so Yvonne was living in a time where someone she knows was... Uh, Working in a factory handling machine parts, who who made um a dollar thirty three an hour. Oh,
1: can you imagine? Incredible. Yeah. I liked this. Oh, this is kind of an example of what we were talking about at the end of chapter five. She writes, in August nineteen fifty six, I followed Al to New York to be in another life. I was not quite twenty two years old. What is striking as I reread this chapter is the paucity of women in roles other than wives, mothers, mm. or performers, and the total absence of gay culture and people of color. It was indeed a different world, a world that was about to undergo vast changes or at least make a great many of us painfully aware that it should. Which is that kind of, like...
0: But, I mean, she's talking about, like, the 50s. Yeah. And we're still... I know. I mean, like, I'm like, that is the sentiment of now.
1: Yeah, and she wrote it 20 years ago.
0: Incredible. Yvonne
1: not that you know not that any of the things that we're talking about now are new conversations but
0: Um, so she if we're we're just bringing people up to date a little bit she's she's not a dancer at this point I mean she's moving into her 20s and she's has yet to take a dance class she's discovering theater groups in these sort of esoteric art communities and she catches a bug she wants to be on stage yeah and but
1: she has been in a relationship with an artist right right
0: who's that <laughs> she always seems to be in a relationship isn't al with an, artist? an artist al must be some kind of artist
1: because i think she goes to like his retrospective at one point hmm. at the whitney maybe i'm thinking of someone else gosh i re- that's the other thing reading this i'm like wow i know nothing about anything
0: oh the, uh, there'll be these paragraphs which will list like 16 people that you're I'm supposed assuming, to know <laughs> yeah famous artists that'll be like bloop blah bloop and the
1: only the reason why i know like the dance people later is because of that moma show
0: oh right deborah hay steve paxton yeah
1: david gordon david
0: you I mean freddie Herko, yeah david gordon yeah. jimmy Waring. james Waring. james
1: Waring. although you showed a, me a dance of his right i don't think so no
0: i mean we've looked at them together yeah but i don't i think that actually you may have brought my attention towards james Waring more than i brought it towards
1: yours when
0: when you were in the process of thinking about using their work for for your project with Sarah, mm. do you think I'm crazy?
1: I don't think I was the one who picked out James Waring. Was it me? I think so.
0: I'm astonished. <laughs> Maybe Nick Mouse had been talking to me about it. I don't know, but honestly, that MoMA show was the first I'd heard of of James Waring. Like mm. seeing because they had a couple of those costumes. That were from um eileen paslov's collection who's also in this book but yeah. I, I don't know did you could you believe when you read that jennifer tipton was in the first judson show
1: yeah i thought that was so fun i had no idea so did, many people
0: and did you get to the part with the picture of jennifer tipton
1: yes but i don't I, she's not someone who i've like she interacted looks exactly
0: with. how she looks oh wow it's amazing
1: that is amazing yeah. i mean yvonne looks exactly how she looks with short yeah hair.
0: well and also like deflated I did, had no well, idea she about went all through so this much. oh my god I mean I related yeah. I really was like all I gas- know that
1: gastrointestinal procedure. distress
0: but so many times
1: Yeah, is this going to be interesting to listen to we're literally Look, just talking Russell, about pregnancy. as you know
0: I do not care <laughs> it doesn't matter what did I talk about last week mm. oh well I started the episode when we were freezing our butts off And then I continued talking. Oh, yeah. Well, I really just ran away. Well. It was cold. You had to. It was too cold. I
1: thought I... There's a part where one of the... uh, A person who she used to have... Be in a relationship with... Is kind of like a partial narrator. Like, she uses a lot of his letters. You know...
0: Sorry, say that again?
1: There's a part, there's a chapter in the book where she uses a lot of letters from a former lover and he becomes like a partial narrator of what's happening. Like there oh, must have been a correspondence oh, at some point where she asked him. Was that him, Al? No, I think that was John. John. She went to Chicago with him. Oh. <laughs> no last name. We're, I hope I'm not wrong. I mean, I probably am. Wow. Not, not, not claiming to be right, I guess, but what I remember was remembering oh,
0: here's another instance of these kind of like unwanted sexual scenarios i ended up at Colette's apartment and reluctantly had sex like so many young women i let myself go along with the game until it was too late to turn back easier to give in than to resist bleak what a bleak time to be a woman yeah my goodness yeah Ugh. um oh my gosh and here's another just literally four pages away I simply did it because the guy had wanted me to, and it was expected of me, or more accurately, I expected it of myself. (laughs) I've highlighted all of this sort of, like, sexual trauma. Have you
1: not had sex at moments when you felt like you should? Say that again. Um, Sex has never been, like, a... like, it, you know, you, there's, like, momentum and then you, like, don't really want to. but you. Oh, well, sure. I know it's different. It's, like, sure, sure, definitely sure. different power dynamics than I don't mean to. I've
0: definitely been in situations where suddenly I'm, like, oh, I don't want to do this. But then you just do it because you just want it to be over. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, it is definitely diff- But that's different. only,
0: like, I'm definitely in situations where I feel I'd be safe. To,
1: right. Yeah, it's true. There's a whole level of safety. Right. We're... To be,
0: like, I don't want to do this. Right. But I'm just being, like past i'm being um uh avoidant of conflict
1: Mm.
0: of any kind oh i love this so now she's in new york she's moved to new york are you there yet
1: where what page are you on
0: i'm on 152
1: oh wow you skipped i skipped other
0: oh yeah tell me tell me about stuff
1: um oh what did i wait what's this what's happening
0: i know it's hard it's been a long time
1: Oh, she talks a little bit about alcohol and having, and sex. Oh. Well, and then she said, and she talks about. be more qualified to talk about that. <laughs> um, not because I'm an alcoholic, but because Bustle's Reed doesn't drink. Bustle's full alcoholic.
0: He can only have sex if he's wasted. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> um, but she writes, alcohol allowed me to hone my willfulness and desire to be free, to be unencumbered by all the miseries and constraints and embarrassments that my early life continued to produce. To use an anachronism, my life was like a runaway Xerox machine, reproducing its contents ad infinitum. I can't say the miseries have ent- have ever entirely disappeared. While writing this memoir, one will occasionally worm its way up from the depths and erupt out of my mouth in a barking, ah, like the creature wriggling out of the astronaut's belly and alien. But then it's over. <laughs> Although I've never looked to art to exercise my demons, I can attest that sapped or zapped by art making and other resources, they eventually quieted down. I felt like I felt that, that was an interesting distinction to make. That like, I've or well, I guess you know she's saying I've never made art intentionally to do something, but they do. It does oh, do I this see. for me. Right. But I I thought that that was like a. Well, I like that paragraph because of all the different references it has in it that are really fun.
0: Right. Well, I ultimately, I hate to say it, I actually don't hate to say it. I think this is, this is a truth about art, is that art that is made specifically to, like, fulfill a kind of obligation toward a messaging hmm. is so frequently unsuccessful, whereas art that is, like, made for different reasons or for more, like esoteric curiosities can often do those things that other works that's out to do Do you think that's
1: what she's saying though
0: i don't know what do you think
1: (laughs) well like saying i've never looked to art to exercise my demons i just think that that like her saying that is like a to me that means she's saying i never made art because it I I was never being like oh if I make this then I'll get to like confront this part right, of right, me. Right, 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 right. But it's such, that's such an in that's such a weird distinction to me for her to make because she literally takes these traumatic moments from her life and, and then puts just, them in, in her the art in a way that to, that I that is like an in, right. it's interesting to think about that like distinction. the recording
0: from the hospital and yeah yeah and
1: it's like I get I get that the intent is not it's just, it, I get that the intent is not. I'm going to deal with this like stomach trauma by using it in my work and then I'll overcome it and move forward. But it's, but it seems like that does serve that purpose in some ways too. I mean,
0: I think she's a very like, she's very alive in her art practice in terms of just like the materials around her, the materials she's using, you know? So like the people around her and the space around her has a huge effect on the work that she's making because she's not walking into a space with like an idea that she's going to impose onto it. And by space, I mean, that means a lot of mm. things, you know, I'm just yeah. the actual room.
1: I, yeah. I guess, I guess she's talking about works of art specifically. And I'm like thinking about her artistic process more, mm-hmm. which to me, or, you know, this book is about her artistic process, but it like, to me, it's so, like living is her artistic process. So it's like interesting. So that just, yeah. dis- I keep saying interesting, but that distinction. I, I is... think it's why
0: like she and this group of artists were some of the first people to make performance and dance work that sort of stepped away from the affect of these dance forms that we know and that she was, had mm-hmm. come to know, and, you know, in, in her ballet and gram training. And um, I think like at this time she and her cohort became really interested in what does it look like for people to be regular right. in a as a performance or like be something other than this like hyper representation of right. like
1: the body do people still like make art in that way now what way like where it's so like inextricable from their lives like I've thought about this a lot with former ballet dancers like when you you know Um, you know, when you talk to people who are dancing for Balanchine in the seventies or something, or sixties, seventies, early eighties, it's like, there's, there were, it wasn't, you know, they didn't, they don't separate their, their life from dancing the way that they talk about it. It was like, whereas now I feel like people separate Mm. their life from dancing more, like there's a dancing can like dictate someone's life or art making can dictate someone's life. But there's like, there seems to be like a very clear separation, maybe just in the people that I know in a way that it really seems like there wasn't back in back in other times.
0: I think that's, that's mostly to do with the kind of um, financial structure of of New York city and these other places of art making where at the time when Yvonne and others were coming up, you could live in the studio where you made work. You know, you didn't, you didn't need to make any money to do your art making because like you could survive on a few pennies a month. So
1: it's true. I guess I do see artists living in other places seeming to like have that be much more blurred than in New York
0: where they're like life and art are much more intertwined because like they're supported in, in the space they are. Whereas Mm. here it's like, you you if you're going to make money doing your art you then become like attached to an institution right that like supports that but also keeps you out or keeps personally you personally yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but this was a time you know and really leading like through the 60s 70s and even into the 80s where especially dance makers and visual artists in new york could like have the space and the time to let those things to let the lines of like home and work blur mm. I mean even like Lar Lubovitch had his own dance mm-hmm. and living space Douglas Dunn Still Trisha does. Brown who Douglas Dunn Douglas Dunn yeah Trisha and a lot of people and just yeah. like doesn't exist as much
1: yeah I'm jealous
0: yeah I know it's like a beautiful idea that we're like living our practice and like it I mean obviously very incestuous these people yeah <laughs> it seems like they were all sort of like sexually involved with one another and like swat, you know but you know that's
1: that's there's something that I like I mean I know it's like in retrospect so like I imagine things kind of like even you know it's probably easier to reflect on it in a way or read it in a way that has like some nostalgia in it because probably things settled out or people made clear delineations at some point in their you know even if it wasn't until their 60s or 70s but there is something about that kind of messiness and like well we moved forward through this messiness that i'm like i'm so jealous of that i feel like i i feel like i always want my life to be like clean and make sense even mm-hmm. at, even in all these moments that are very unclear to right. me to how i'm feeling like i feel like having feeling f- feeling free to live me- messily for lack of a better word would is so appealing yeah um, yeah.
0: Well, I think this, this part of the book in her twenties and thirties is so thrilling for that reason. Yeah. It's just like, you don't know where it's going to go because she's so open to things getting weird and bad and crazy. And, and, you know, eventually I'm, I mean, I'm not there yet, but I imagine things will settle down, especially now that her body's really been compromised by so much illness. Yeah. I mean, this is happening to her in her thirties that she's continually yeah. in the hospital getting her gut opened up and like ripped out you know so
1: sorry on one page i there's a list of people where she she's talking about wait what is she talking about
0: what
1: page she's on 157
0: oh i see i'm literally looking at it yeah
1: there's a list of people like whose name she heard oh, for the first time and do, i wrote we next we to it. it i wrote next to it i'm embarrassed okay let's see there's this one gonna, this person this is gonna be really embarrassing let's one, i know through. one person's name okay wait harold, oh no two
0: harold rosenberg no no
1: this is awful no. to do no, this no, to no, people this is fine.
0: we don't know these people <laughs> yeah i mean the, like clement greenberg
1: we should I uh, no no
0: David Smith. No. Anyone's name is no. David Smith. That's anyone. <laughs> That's literally anyone. Mark Rothko. Yes, sure, sure, right. sure. Philip Pavia. No. I'm really, I'm embarrassed too. And we're admitting it on the pod.
1: I mean, should, I should, we should be looking them all up.
0: Nicholas Marsicano. No. Alfred Barr. That sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> Bart Cook. <laughs> Sydney Janis. No. Nope. Martha Jackson. Um. I know that sounds familiar to Yeah. Right? Robert Motherwell, also familiar. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but Thomas Hess. Um, I, don't, I don't
1: know who that is. No.
0: Nicholas Collis. No. Mm-mm. William Bozzi-Oates. No. <laughs> <Bazzi-Oates. laughs> Philip Gustin. <laughs> Earl Kirkham. Adolf Gottlieb.
1: Wow. You would, we would remember that one.
0: Yeah. Ad Reinhardt herman cherry some
1: of these are art well peggy guggenheim is definitely an art collector right. but some of these are art collectors like looking up some of their names these are like art collectors oh, Ariste curators, Ariste or people who own galleries and Hans stuff like that hoffman
0: peggy guggenheim we know that person yeah. norman blum
1: we know that person
0: Hi, norman stankowitz no richard oh <laughs> wow I really put two together anyways we don't know any of those people
1: yeah i wrote next to it i'm embarrassed
0: I'm also always struck reading this book that like all of these spaces must have really been filled with smoke. And that makes me oh. anxious. <laughs> like, everywhere she goes. Um, okay, anyways, moving forward. Oh, so now she's being friends with these lovely people. Shirley Kaplan, Bill Hunter. Like,
1: <laughs> You're just looking at the picture. Yeah, I'm
0: looking at pictures. I liked those pictures. Um, wow. This is a part that I'm forgetting. Look how beautiful.
1: Oh, I. this is something that I liked. This
0: is when she's starting to really get into dance.
1: Oh, yeah, this is right before that. She's talking about how her like, body is changing with age. She mm-hmm. talks about her mom, her mother, being unhappy with the way that her body was changing, like having swollen legs. Mm. Um, and she talks a little bit about like, the ways that female bodies are fetishized and then she says for me aging and illness have been surefire catalysts enabling me to jettison whatever internalizing process gave me grief in my younger days around my physical attributes Mm. um yeah sorry i just thought it was nice and then she says things like i'm getting ahead of myself like she's reflecting i like this kind of like i'm telling you a story about the past and i'm gonna go in and out
0: right do you think she's being more reflective than she was at the time like she's thinking about she may have had the feeling in in the time about her body but now she understands better what that feeling was
1: yeah like she's saying i was these that my body made me unhappy in these ways and now these things that i was stressed about then have actually freed me up in a way Uh which is not something that she would have thought in the moment right
0: right right And then here we are in 1957, and she's starting... Her first dance, really, is African dance with Louise Gilkes. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, incredible. Which then propels her towards all of these sort of established modern dance techniques that are being taught by their originators in New York. But You know, she's taking Martha Graham class, and she becomes interested in Merce, and she's taking ballet.
1: She's a little bit older than Carolyn Brown, right? Or are they similar age? Oh,
0: interesting. Interesting. she may be slightly older but yeah similar time period
1: because i liked part of what i liked about reading chance and circumstance was like all dance people seemed like interconnected in a way that's so it's everything's so separate now
0: right and all the modern dance people were like taking ballet with the ballet people and vice versa yeah i don't know about vice versa but
1: all the ballet no (laughs) 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 but it did seem like there were moments when the ballet when the modern dance people could have become ballet people and chose not to
0: Right, right,
1: right. But, like, I... Li- yeah.
0: I like this part. Um, oh, here we are, more rape. Al raped me. Her boyfriend raped me. Yeah. Anyways, I just had the highlight. I'm sorry, I won't talk about rape anymore today.
1: I feel like we should have a more nuanced conversation about it if we're...
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. listeners. It, it, also, trigger warning. Ooh, it's <laughs> too late.
1: You Can you put a trigger warning along with the explicit?
0: I'll put that at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um... Now she's doing ballet with somebody named Alan Wayne, and I thought this was a nice um, description, that Wayne's promises were to make me a dancer through an approach that bypassed what he called the ruinous techniques of gram and ballet. I was like, correct. correct. That's very- oh,
1: I have a question. Yeah. Okay.
0: But we also, her classes were costing $15 each at that St- time.
1: And they still are.
0: No, no, well, yeah, now they're like whatever, similar.
1: Fifteen dollars. Can
0: you imagine? At the time, that's like a hundred dollars. Well, it's
1: like going to school. It's because ballet was valued sim was differently. Oh, interesting. You know, that would be like taking a semester of classes at the new school or something.
0: She really was like Serious. spoiled. She, I know.
1: I was like, how much money did your parents give her? They were just paying. They thousands. felt they were so guilty, though. Yeah, they yeah. they owed her. <laughs>
0: for abandoning her as <laughs> a
1: child they were like we'll pay for you to do whatever you want um oh here's my question when yeah. she like talks about the C- the cage cunningham school she talks about the notion that espoused by the cage cunningham school namely the implicit humanity and emotionality of the human body is that what you would, would you dis-
0: say that again this is what she's saying is like the ideology of the yeah like school. okay it was not in until- Cage cunningham school of thought
1: yeah it was not until I had been thir- through the Graham Factory in quotation marks right. and embarked on serious study with Cunningham that I could fully appreciate the heretical notion espoused by the Cage Cunningham School, namely, the implicit humanity and emotionality of the human body. Right. Is that is that how you would describe the Cage Cunningham School?
0: Well, I think that's like a very sophisticated and like nuanced way of looking at it. Where people, I think, more superficially would say that it's about like it's just about the body like separate right. from feelings but i think that's not true i think it's about like especially like when you saw merce dance like it was so much about being able to see the human inside of the body when there wasn't a narrative right. kind of contextualizing the whole situation
1: i wonder if that's how if that's only something that someone could say in retrospect. Like, I wonder if that's how, like, I like thinking about what I'm remembering about Chance and Circumstance, it seemed like it was, at least Carolyn Brown, I mean, that has been a little while since I read it, so maybe I'm misremembering, but it seemed like she felt like she was not allowed right. humanity within, right. and I, and I feel like, you know, not to bring everything back to Balanchine, but you I feel... must, fe- <laughs> you
0: must
1: but I do think that there's, like, a similar... It's, like, different language that's used, but there's a similar kind of, like, mis... Not even misunderstanding. There's, like, a similar kind of understanding of what someone... Of what happens when someone focuses on what a body is doing versus what someone is feeling. Right. That, that creates a lot of confusion going forward when you talk about someone's dance practice. I see.
0: Well... I wonder if Yvonne, if for an outsider like Yvonne, who wasn't so, so much a part of the Cunningham universe as Carolyn, that to see Merce and those others dance, it Issue would... Issues seeing right, people, Right, it would yeah, be kind yeah. of like, um, you would feel that humanity, right. that... Right,
1: which is that, what I think people felt watching those dances and those dancers.
0: Right, but I also think you have to have you have to come from a specific language and a specific understanding of the theatrical and visual experience where I think she had come from, because mm. Carolyn had so much come from dance that I think she was looking at it in this very one dimensional way. She was like, well, as dance goes, like I'm being asked to like not feel and just do, right. right. Whereas for Yvonne, who was coming from a much more like developed Understanding of psychology or like understanding right. of then I think she could see something in it that maybe Carolyn didn't initially. Hmm. Interesting. Carolyn was the doer; she was the instrument.
1: Right, but clearly an instrument that brought so much humanity right. to what she was doing. Right. Because she was she such was a excellent. compelling performer. Yeah. yeah. But I guess it's I I wonder like if there should be a way that someone can tell. The person that can tell you know, there should be a way that a choreographer can tell their quote unquote instruments, you know, can validate their humanity rather than making them feel like nothing in order to get the humanity that they that they want.
0: Right. Right. I mean, it's so odd to think that choreographers would intentionally try to. I mean, look, I'm all for for encouraging people to do less. But not necessarily bring less of themselves, but just like do less decoration
1: yeah, but like, I think that there's like right, yeah, yeah, but I think there's like a mis it's like there's like a misunderstanding that doing less decoration means you're there's less personality, like oh, I think yeah, there's sh- i think there should be better language around our bodies that give us ownership around the interesting or different or non right. non necessarily like trainable ways that our bodies move.
0: I think it's hard for ballet dancers in particular to understand that like in doing like a form that is so old and established that you could just do it as it's asked of you and still reveal something of yourself because I think a lot of ballet dancers think they need to do something special Mm. to like put their spin on what has already been done a million times but i mean i fundamentally don't
1: agree with that right anyways yeah i I mean i'm i feel the same
0: and there you have it (laughs) there you have it
1: and there Okay, where are we going
0: i'm at i'm at chapter nine called dance yeah i'm just
1: looking up al heard held al held sorry sorry al
0: Here's a little here's a little anecdote from a journal entry, and she just writes dance equals. You ready? Mm-hmm. One a way out of an emotional dilemma.
1: Really? I agree. Why? I had a season a couple years ago.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm just laughing. Okay.
1: Where I remember, I don't know what was going on in Sarah's life, but we were doing diamonds together, mm-hmm. and I think we were both dealing with things outside of work that felt unpleasant or complicated and going out on stage allowed like gave us a whole other it felt oh, for me it felt like it gave me a whole other life yeah to live escape yeah and I felt and it felt easier to it felt important that I had that yeah time and okay. that space
0: let's do okay number two okay a place where the training period is so long and arduous as to almost indefinitely postpone a coming to grips with things like purpose and aesthetic or vocational direction. Make me say that again. Sorry. Yeah. I wasn't paying a place where the training period is so long and arduous, <laughs> as to almost indefinitely postpone a coming to grips with things like purpose and aesthetic or vocational direction. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's, that's why a, dancers that's are like so, so.
1: That's why we're all children. So slow in their progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so like.
0: Yeah. Totally. Okay, so we agree with that, obviously. So it is a place where people get, um, (laughs) where they stop progressing in certain ways. Yeah. Okay, because it is so hard. Okay, number three, a place that offers some rare moments of rightness. That word again, I think it is equivalent to joy or fitness, i.e. things fit. I like that, yeah. Yeah, where like there is a way in which you like achieve it, you know I've done the right thing.
1: Yeah. Or even like I like the fitness thing. Right. It's like it's not it's not even like right like you did it correctly. It's like it feel it makes you feel whole or something. You
0: fit all the moves into the time. You know, that is a way of fitness, you know. Yeah. Four, something that makes my throat fill up sometimes.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, in all the, ba- all the oh, yeah. bad ways. Like, feelings, feelings, feelings. Every time I'm about to dance right now, I just feel sick because I'm oh. worried my knee's going to get up. So. Okay. But in my throat, I feel fills in my throat. A little tension. Yeah. yeah.
0: Something to do every day.
1: Yeah, it's certainly true. I, that's if,
0: the thing I probably miss most about it.
1: I, that's the thing I'm worried the most about not dancing anymore. Is what am I going to do every <laughs> yeah. day? Well,
0: you should be worried. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is me. you in the future. <laughs> be worried. Six, a way of life where most other things in life assume a lesser importance and value. Now that's something we all that we're working on now. But I I have been through phases like that. Yeah. How are you feeling? About
1: no, that, that makes me sad because I feel I've. I, it's hard to not feel that way, and then I feel like I've, I've had moments where it's like t- that feel like letting dance. Well, you know, having dance play that part in my life has t- detracted from other parts that I ultimately value more.
0: Right, it's hard, hard to not let it.
1: Yeah, because it does, feel like the most important thing a lot of it is an
0: embodied practice and job and so in being both of those things at once it's really hard to separate it from like feeling so overwhelming
1: yeah
0: seven something that offers an identity i am a dancer also i am a hard worker i work my ass off in class in spite of being handicapped by a crazy rainer body (laughs) The virtue of hard work salvation through sweat is very important here i am sure most dancers are martyrs
1: of one variety or another oh yeah yeah i mean like less these days i identify i identify less with the i am a hard worker part but definitely the i am but the identity for sure
0: yeah okay that was it dance equals that was well well said yvonne what page are you on 183 now oh great one day when martha herself was teaching the class she came over to me as I was struggling with the floor stretch and said, when you accept yourself as a woman, you will have turnout. Prophetic words, neither condition has come to pass.
1: <laughs> that's, that's amazing in so many ways. I know.
0: It's wonderful. It, because
1: it just, it's just like truly like, you know, the constructs of gender and turnout are both equally unimportant.
0: Right. Here's another thing that, that seemed exorbitant.
1: And dictate so many things. Say that again like gender and turnout dictate are so unimportant but dictate so much of our lives as dancers
0: here's another situation where i was startled by the cost for its time but an abortion cost 400 dollars. does that seem awfully expensive
1: it was illegal
0: that's right but man 400
1: yeah i don't i can't say i know about the history of abortions particularly
0: I like that she she fanned out over Alicia Markova after a performance of Giselle. That was like a a big moment for her and she waited at the stage door.
1: I'm surprised by how like how much she likes ballet dancers.
0: Well, it's fascinating. I think because she came to it not as a child and she saw it as a means to an end, she has a very different relationship mm. to it. And I don't think I don't think her her relationship to it involved wanting to be a ballet dancer. Right, right. Yeah. It just was about like this
1: practice right i also she i also like that she spells down from.
0: that's what, that
1: sh- what? <laughs> on page 185 it, she spells it ball and chain, like a, a ball and chain
0: oh with two l's yeah interesting and no one got caught
1: that i mean amazing now now the dress certainly will wow oh no
0: one now the dress is it. listening to this <laughs> don't worry don't you worry um so by 1959, she says her attention was shifting more wholeheartedly to Cage-Cunningham nexus. I relate. You have to shift to Cage-Cunningham <laughs> after you're obsessed with ballet. Um, she says, I was pleased with my progress, but had to fi- but had, had my fill of Graham's mystique and pretensions. I was ready to move on. Beautiful.
1: I like that here's another time where she like kind of retells her story while she's telling it. She says, I seem to remember seeing Antic Meat and Changeling that weekend. The mm-hmm. Cunningham Archive states the program as Antique Meat and Rune. Mm. And I like that she doesn't tell you which one's right. She's like, this is what I remember. Well, she couldn't
0: know. I mean, no, I, the archive is right.
1: Well, the archive could have also like, oh, yeah, yeah, listed they, a program that true. didn't happen. It's just like, I I like, she like tells the story and then retells it in two sentences which i think is oh if i wrote a memoir
0: i'd have to constantly put disclaimers being like this may or may not be how it was i I
1: one time saw a talk by an author whose name escapes me now who wrote a book without fact like a book of essays without fact checking anything (laughs) and then the latter half of the book is all the fact checking so there's like footnotes there's footnotes throughout everything being like i wrote that i made i wrote basically like you know he'd come had present some like supposition and then he'd write a whole essay and then he'd like you know edit the essay as an essay but then he'd footnote it later and be like actually the supposition that i based all this on is wrong here's what the truth is that's fun
0: yeah i mean is it boring to read the footnotes part
1: and i i don't remember I, i must have read part of it when i saw him speak but
0: okay I feel like she's she's now performing with James Waring. We're in the early '60s. She's a part of like a company, so she's having that sense of like I'm a I'm a dancer. I'm in a dance company. We're we're doing presented performances. You know. Uh-huh. Um. Oh wow, that's mean. <laughs> There's an incredibly mean sentence about David Gordon.
1: About being gay.
0: Yeah. What does she say? so I ended up being quite fond of all of them even the impossibly narcissistic queen faggot named David Gordon <laughs> oh my God, who is straight and married to Valda Setterfield and has a child so you just never know
1: Yeah, what a way to talk about someone
0: have you heard of Joanna Vischer someone in New York City Ballet oh.
1: uh, no so
0: that's someone we don't know about I think <laughs> yeah. she does yet me. another yeah. name that we
1: should have known Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Someone who I meant to look up before is the person that she's been in the relationship for so long.
0: Bob Morris.
1: Yeah. Is that bad that I don't? No, know? that's
0: okay. He's a visual artist. I didn't know that he'd had such a foray into performance. You know, I didn't. I didn't I'm, know all. I'm of that. looking him up. Robert
1: Morris, right? Yeah. Robert Morris. I should have. American sculptor. Yeah.
0: I mean, I of course had to look up that sculpture he made where you opened it, and there's a naked
1: picture of him inside
0: Russell's on his phone i'm looking I'm looking <laughs>
1: at his artwork I'm sorry I'm, oh interesting oh well, I've seen some of the rope stuff right mm-hmm. wasn't that
0: Oh that was in the MoMA exhibit.
1: I think it was part of it it was part um, of the
0: Aldus. Um, the no what is her name Oh Simone 14 yeah Simone Forty yeah. Work. I slowly engage, and enlar- I slowly enlarge my technique, hoarding each newfound bit of progress like a rare gem. I ape everybody. I am a human garbage dump. <laughs> <laughs> Very modern, modern syntax. Okay, there's all these absolutely gorgeous photos of her. Oh yeah. Um, at the beginning of her dance career, with like Trisha Brown, Deborah Hay steve paxton this absolutely gorgeous print for their first concert at judson on july 6 1962 which is so chic i'm going to read you the names of the first people in the um at the at the um inaugural judson performance bill davis judith dunn robert dunn ruth emerson sally gross alex hay deborah hay fred herco david gordon gretchen McLean, john herbert mcdowell steve paxton Rudy Perez, Yvonne Rainer, Charles Rotmill, I don't know that, Carol Southern, Klein, Klein Summers, Elaine Summers, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god, Klein, Klein,
0: <laughs> Klein. and Jennifer Tipton.
1: What a, what a lineup.
0: What a lineup. Some of them I don't know. So then we get into Judson and Steve Paxton.
1: Oh, this is another thing. I... I get that, like she assumes that everyone knows everything about Judson, but I didn't, so I wanted more information.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we probably both need more
1: information. Yeah, it'd be good if
0: we could walk through that exhibit again.
1: I know, really, it was a great exhibit moment. I wonder if there's a catalog. Yeah, we should ask. Is, yeah. ask Thomas.
0: Thomas, can we have a catalog, please? <laughs> Um, and here we are looking at very cute pictures of young Steve Paxton. I
1: like when she writes about reviews, and she's like, "Both of us received devastating reviews," <laughs> and then just moves on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean,
0: how could she not? You know. Yeah. At that time.
1: I uh, I'm surprised more people haven't written about Freddie Herko. I mean, I guess there is like there's a great like. Um, it
0: was a career that ended very abruptly.
1: I know. <laughs> There's like really nice like Munoz's essay, right? About
0: oh, I don't know about
1: Freddie a leap cruising? out the cruising utopia. Yeah. yeah, I think it's in that. Oh leap out the window or something about Freddie Hercule. But.
0: Oh, here's the amazing, amazing part about the other fart. Can I read <laughs> the paragraph? Yeah, sure. So this is when she's gotten together with um, Robert Morris and he was a real ladies man and he was in and out of relationships with a lot of her contemporaries and then they were at an opening or something one night and they ended up just sort of like impulsively going home together and then they had just like the best sex and that's sort of how they ended up in this relationship which cool that's that's how you do it you (laughs) like find the person you fit with and you move forward so this is when they're in their The kind of honeymoon phase of their relationship and she says i gained 10 pounds from our ecstatic domesticity nibbling on cashews before dinner smoked oysters after sex and ice cream for breakfast have you ever had a smoked oyster
1: no of course i've never had a smoked oyster oh yeah shellfish (laughs) sounds awful i'd never have one either
0: (laughs) bob was in the middle of making reliefs of body parts for a future exhibition and enlisted me or rather my vulva for that purpose as I was lying on my back in his studio, legs akimbo, waiting for the hot molding material he had slathered on my crotch to cool, I farted. The escaping gas left a gouge in the still soft material. I doubt if anyone examining the object in the exhibition would have been able to recognize the source of that furrow. <laughs> Incredible! I think I've already read that on podcast. You've <laughs> already read
1: one. Yeah, it's worth reading. Over I, and over th- again. some of these pictures. She's just so stunning. I mean. The, it,
0: it is another sort of like, as much as she was like anti establishment in her practice, I mean, she's glamour. She is so beautiful to look and, at. And
1: she's also like in that, this like glamour, I mean, nostalgically glamorous period of time for oh, artists. My it's goodness. just like so fun she's to read about. She's in with the cool kids. The no coolest doubt. kids. Coolest. I, the, that passage that you just read, I feel like that also like, the way she says like enlisted enlisted me or rather my vulva which i feel like is like a pretty telling way to talk about what yeah the way he was using using her generally
0: yeah i like this picture of them dancing
1: yeah i'm looking at that one too it's them in part of a sex sextet judson church 1964 photo by peter moore really beautiful
0: yeah i really like his his heavy legs
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think they were probably at the halfway point
0: oh great I think that was plenty, plenty of stuff to talk about, and I hope you're all reading, and I hope you're enjoying this wonderful book. And the next time Russell and I come together to talk, we'll have finished the book, um, and maybe we'll have even a new way of talking about it. I think this went okay.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: I had a good time. Yeah. It was nice to remember. Yeah. Because I had, you know, forgotten.
1: I should have, ta- I should have like, written things down. So I literally I didn't
0: review for one second. The
1: synopsis. No. I read this before bed. Me too. It's Which nice. is that a
0: bad way to read?
1: No, I've been reading like nonfiction stuff before bed recently, and I, it's like sometimes fiction wakes me up.
0: Oh, good. excited! And not that
1: I, yeah, and not that I like, not that this puts me to sleep, but it's like it's a way of, probably why I can't remember anything. Right. In this conversation, but it, I've been liking it. I read, Although she is like this is like a little bit more invigorating because yeah, she's like she's so excited. inspiring.
0: I read a bit before bed last night and then i turned out the lights and then i was just like wide awake so i i Don't got worry. up and journaled oh. which i haven't done in a really long
1: time like woken up to journal or just journal period journal period
0: I, like i was journaling my way through grad school just so i could like right. have an idea about anything yeah um de- i was desperate to find an idea to like have a thesis basically right. so um Yeah, I just felt compelled. I was like, oh, I think I just need to get some feelings out. And then I I slept nicely.
1: We should watch one of her films.
0: Yeah, I've never seen
1: one. Me neither. Someone, this art um, writer that I I follow on Twitter that I kind of know, one time wrote said that Yvonne Rainer is his favorite all-time artist. Wow. For, I think, you know, more than her dance, which is what I know her from. Right. Oh, yeah. I thought this, when was your first, do you remember the first time you saw an Yvonne Rainer thing? I don't know. No. Like at a
0: movement research thing or no. something. Why Why do you ask?
1: Oh, just because I remember mine. It was like very... Memorable. What was it? It was when ba- um, Balanchine. Bal- was when it was, Bal- Balanchine. <laughs> it was when Barishnikov was doing the White Oak Dance Project. Uh-huh. And he came to Philadelphia when I was probably like... Was he doing Trio A? I don't, you'll tell me when I describe yeah, the dances. No, I won't. Oh. Well, there was a while where he was doing a lot of these dances from the 60s uh-huh. with White Oak Dance Project.
0: And Emily. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Emily Coates. And he, and so, and I, you know, I, I was, like, I was obsessed with Brishnikov as, like, a young eight, nine-year-old ballet kid. Sure, he's the only so one. He's the only. he's the only one. So, my, you know, I had gone, I would like, done Rudolf Nureyev, and now I was obsessed with, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, one time, like, one time my, we celebrated his birthday.
0: Who, Brishnikov? Yeah.
1: Like, when is it? I don't remember, but I have a picture of me and my sister with a with a birthday cake that says happy birthday. Oh, McKay. my God.
0: You know, he's the same year as my mom. Oh.
1: Yeah. Um, so anyway, so my mom got us tickets to go see Brishnikov do White Oak Dance Project. And I remember one of the pieces was just people walking and stopping at different moments across the stage. Like Were a you big so group. disappointed? I cried
0: yeah uh, but, then there, but then there but then
1: there were two there was i think he did the chair and pillow dance when
0: did you cry
1: at intermission and then we left oh yeah.
0: wow Russell!
1: i mean i was really young that's
0: too young to be seeing yvonne rainer pieces
1: well there is so they walked and stopped and then they did that one where someone Were you just
0: at least thrilled to see him
1: no because he did the chair and pillow dance and which is like you know sitting up like standing up moving the pillow but he was there I think I was so. De- I think you wanted I, to see a twirl. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't you even know to, what I wanted to see. You wanted to see a twirl. But then there was the, and then they also did the piece where someone describes a butterfly, um, like coming out of a chrysalis while while dancing. I don't know that. Anyway, I saw. I went to see the some of the Yvonne Rainer showings at the MoMA show yeah. a couple years ago, and I was like, I have seen these dances before, and I cried afterwards. <laughs>
0: and did you cry again?
1: I did, but because I was really moved, moved. Yeah, yeah. The like the the pillow and chair dance at at MoMA was just.
0: I found that whole it was so series of shows very moving. Yeah, I, the yeah they world. were
1: really wonderful. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah.
0: Anything else?
1: Um, Have you watched anything Euphoria? I started Yellow Jackets last oh, night. Oh right, yeah.
0: Are you only one episode in. It is scary.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm finding
0: all these shows that I've been watching. I get to the end and I'm like. Is that it?
1: That's why I don't finish shows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the whole series of this thing called Archive 81, and at first I was like, this is going to be incredible. And then sort of halfway I was like, this is bad. And then I finished it, and by the end I was like, it was bad. Oh, I know. Bummer. I mean. They tried. They tried something. That's good. Um, I hope you're all well- I'm. I hope you've enjoyed this long long episode because you've been getting some really short ones, and um guess how long we've been recording an hour and a half hour and twenty five yeah. really close, yeah. so I guess I'm not that good yeah of good job it, if you it didn't fly by <laughs>
1: Good job if you made it to the end
0: oh, right <laughs> oh my gosh, if you're still listening, I'll send you a dollar <laughs> I actually won't i mean i might you know let me know and i'll venmo you <laughs> um okay by who do you think's listening maybe evan leslie by evan maybe jeff edelstein by jeff um Bye, barbara fink I think barbara's listening jared angle i think jared might be listening
1: we did hit both children and film review well sort of tv who likes that Jared said that he thought the podcast was just going to turn into me talking about my childhood and you (laughs) giving film recaps. (laughs) And there you have it. (laughs) Apparently you
0: don't even like childhood. Um, Jared, we can't wait to have you on. If you are feverishly reading uh, feelings or facts, we'd love to have you on for the final installment of this book club. Will you do that? (laughs) Yes or no? Call me. Text me. We'll send you a dollar. And I will send you one dollar. I bought Russell a piece of cake to be on this podcast today.
1: No, really, I mean, okay. yeah,
0: except I thought I was paying for it because I had a feeling, a sense that I owe it, Russell money. It was a feeling as a fact, <laughs> <laughs>
1: a it, feeling that became a fact, a feeling, when that, you bought a feeling
0: that I made into a fact. <laughs> and on that note, we love you, and I hope you enjoy this. Bye bye. Oh.